And we're back. Josh Schaefer here on the DO Sportscast. A little bit of a different podcast this week. Got a room full of beat writers, and we're going to break down all the other sports besides football. Last week we did our uh, our football season preview, and I'm here with, I'm going to go around the room, try and get everyone's name right. We'll see how this goes. Eli Jarjor mm-hmm. from the Cross Country Beat. Nick Economides from the Volleyball Beat. R-O, oh, I already forget how to pronounce R.O.'s last name. McJumder, hopefully I was far enough off mic that you couldn't fully tell. Aro McJumder, who will be covering women's soccer. Andrew Crane with field hockey and Anthony DeBundo with men's soccer. So we'll get to everyone eventually. We're going to start here with you, Eli. Eli, I just had you give me a quick rundown of the cross-country season last year, and I think it was pretty helpful. Just in like 30 seconds, sum up men's and women's cross-country from 2018 for us. Yeah, so I would say on the women's side, it was one of the most successful seasons they've had. Uh, they tied their highest finish since moving to the ACC in third, and uh, a lot of the people that were on the team last year are brought back, so I could see it as a really important year to take that next step. And for the men's, it was a pretty typical year. Finished second in the ACC, they've never finished below that, and uh, they did struggle at NCAA championships, but uh, this year I think they have the squad to really make the next step. What makes you think that they kind of have the squad to really make the next step? What are you looking to see out of the men's cross-country team this year? Well, there's a lot of top seniors coming uh, back from last year, and I think they can improve. It's guys like Aiden Tooker, Kevin James, Simon Smith, guys that really posted great times down the end of the season last year. So if they can make that next step, uh, they have a good shot. And then uh, Joe Dragon, that's going to be their kind of X-Factor guy. The end of his season was absolutely incredible. He had the highest finish on the team at NCAA championships, and so if he can improve on that, uh, they'll be looking good. Okay, so we'll call uh, we'll call Joe Dragon or maybe you said X Factor breakout guys. They're like an MVP from the men's side. You think that you're looking at, or someone that you think will be kind of their lead runner? Yeah, Aiden Tooker's been generally their highest performer. He consistently put up puts up the best times, and uh, really, if you can just continue that and then get contributions from the other guys, they'll be fine. And what do you think as far as uh, an X Factor or breakout, and then an MVP for the women's side? On the women's side, I would definitely. Uh, put their MVP with Laura Dickinson. Uh, she finished, she had an incredible year as a true freshman. I believe she finished first at the um, NCAA regionals last year, which was just incredible. I don't think anyone's done that on the team in the past few years. And then um, as an X-Factor player, I would say someone that they brought over. Uh, she recently graduated from Boise State, uh, Jordan Jacob. She posted really good times on her years there, and I think she can be a big part of this team. Eli. Your first time on the DO Sportscast. How's it been? Uh, it's good. A little bit nervous. Never really done anything like this before, but uh, excited for the year. All right, ready to get thrown off? You have 30 seconds to talk about anything you want. Ready, set, go. Yeah, so uh, to be honest, really nervous about the Dodgers going into the postseason. <laughs> I've been a wreck towards the end of the year the past two years, and it's a lot of the same telltale signs. Astros trade for a starting pitcher. Dodgers struggle towards the end of the year. Kenley Jansen shaky in the closer spot, but... Uh, you know, I'm just not trying not to think about it, and uh, I don't know. Hopefully, it's a different result. Rookie mistake from Eli. I didn't go a full 30 seconds. If this was TV, we'd have what they call dead air right now. That's because you're so good at your major <laughs> in broadcast journalism, Josh. Eli, quick question for you. I didn't realize you were a Dodgers fan. What's your Dodgers Dodger dog take? I was out in Los Angeles this summer. I tried uh, several Dodger dogs. Have you ever had one? Yeah, of course. I mean... The, the thing is, you got to kind of plan the Dollar Dodger Dog nights so you can get maybe five, six in a row. I mean, other than that, you, <laughs> I heard the, uh, I was told the move is there's like a, a ticket you can get out and I think it's right field for like 40 bucks. 
and it's like buffet style, and part of the buffet is Dodger Dogs. They also had Dodger Dogs in the press box, and I might have had like four in a row, which was a lot. I, I didn't feel great after that. Yeah, no, no, no. There's definitely, I mean, the dog with the Dodger Dogs, you got to stay a little cautious, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. You just got to indulge sometimes. I would recommend to uh, stick to Fenway Franks. Maybe that's bias. Uh, Nick Economides, volleyball, coming off their best season. I think program history we decided. Going to throw that out to the room. Yes, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, quick quick hitting recap from last year maybe, and then we'll get into what we can expect this year. So last year was probably the best season Coach Young has had in his Syracuse tenure. He was able to take the team to a 19-9 record in the first volleyball exhibit appearance in 25 years, I think. So that last season was a major success. The team, the blocking was incredible with with a spoon and Ebengawaze. Ebengawaze. Sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. And that blocking light last year was incredible. Those two seniors, and then a breakout freshman last year was um, Paulina Shimanova, and she's coming off maybe one of the best seasons as a Syracuse freshman could have. Really, she was all ACC as a freshman. She was like ACC freshman of the year, I meant to say. And she was a um, honorable honorable All American, and so she's gonna be obviously a like, big contributor this year. What did they? Would the volleyball team kind of lose from last year? Do you think you can expect a similar year? Are they bringing back similar talent, or will there be a little bit of a drop off? And last year is kind of hard to match. Um, I think last year obviously be hard to match a season like last year, but I think this year they have with Shimanova coming back and then Denavelli coming as a new setter who had um, who shared time last year with Trotter. Who now graduated, so she's gonna be in a new full role. So it'd be interesting to see how she plays out. But I think one area of concern that might be there is the blocking. You lose two seniors sure. at the end. The replacement is gonna be probably Dana Garner, who's a junior who rarely played last year. So I think that's gonna be an interesting part to look at. Definitely, and we'll do a uh, we'll do a breakout player and MVP as well for the volleyball team. And I guess I'm gonna throw out a. Uh, a prediction offer for you. So last year was their first tournament appearance. You said in 25 years, you think they'll make the tournament again? So we'll do breakout player, MVP, and is Syracuse Volleyball a tournament team or not? Um, I think so. For a breakout player, I think I think Dana Veli is a breakout player. I think she's going to very fit well into that new setter role. She did a very good job last year in parts, and I think now as the full-time setter or the starting setter, she's going to have a great season this year. And then the MVP, I think, is going to be Paulina Shimonova, the sophomore. I think this year she's going to come to their own. She's going to be a more of a leader now, and I think her results can only go up from there. And then as a prediction, I think they make it back to the NCAA tournament this year. I think Yellen has a good system in place. He's able to really foster talent well, and I think they'll have a good chance of making it back to the tournament this year. Awesome. You have 30 seconds as well, as is tradition on the DO Sportscast, a 30-second sound off. Ready, set, go. So, I love international basketball. I have... An undying passion for it. I love the FIBA World Cup. I think it's the most oh, underrated God. sports oh, event on the planet. But I'm not a men. I'm not a U.S. men's fan. I'm my whole family's from Greece. Okay. So I'm a Greek national team supporter, and this is the year they're going to win the gold medal this year. They are. The U.S. team has never been lower. As been the closest 04 when they got the bronze medal in Athens. I think this is the year that you got Yanni's brothers. You have him, Alexis, the Nasi. I think they're going to be incredible at the tournament. They already had a 25-point win this last week, and I think it's going to be a great year. Gold medal. So Nick, quietly, also on his first time on the on the sportscast, watches Eli get chirped by me for being below 30 seconds. What does he respond with? A 37-second sound off. You, you would have got cut off. We wouldn't even have known what you would have finished with. It would have been over. I honestly... 
I might root for Greece with you. Like, the U.S. basketball team is just boring at this point, and I just don't think it's fun to root for. So I think as a, as a sports section, we might have to talk about this, but we might be uh, endorsing Greece in the, uh, what, what is it? Is it the FIBA World Championships? FIBA World Cup. FIBA World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was not, a soccer thing. Not to be confused def- with FIFA World Definitely World thought that was a soccer thing. <laughs> definitely thought that was a soccer thing. Speaking of soccer, let's go to Aro with women's soccer. Last year, tell us about it. Um, they struggled last year. Uh, they were 3-15. and 15. I think the most telling stat from last year was the fact that they only scored 11 goals all season. How many do they have uh, right now? They already have four. Through how many games? Uh, through only three games. Okay. They were shut out in their last game over the weekend, though. Okay. Um, but uh, I'll go on into more detail about that later on. But, yeah, I mean, only 11 goals last season. Uh, they played a lot of defensive football or soccer. Um, and, uh, you the, can call football if you want. Okay, yeah. yeah. So they played some defensive football. Sure. <laughs> um, and uh, coach change over the summer. Nikki Adams came in, uh, seemed to really set up a different sort of team atmosphere, team culture, and they're playing a lot more uh, attacking soccer this year, uh, as you know, noted by the four goals that they already have. Only one of, them's, one of those came from open play. But uh, overall, the midfield looks a lot stronger. Uh, they seem to be looking to you know, get down the flanks a lot more. Uh, Nikki Adams already talked about pushing up the outside backs a lot more than they did last year. Um, so you can expect more goals from them. So the, fair to say the biggest difference between this year and last year with the new coaches is increased off, like just trying to be more aggressive down the field to some extent? Yeah, I think there's a bit of a philosophy change with that. Um, they're trying to play a, lo- a little bit more attacking, um, which the girls have seemed to love so far. Um, and they're, you know, going out there, they're having a lot more fun. Um, I think it was Sydney Brackett, uh, one of the senior forwards, that uh, said that, you know, she's loved the new system a lot more. They have a lot more creative freedom up front. So um, they're, you know, being able to show what they can do up front. So let's do a uh, maybe some sort of prediction for the season, a uh, an X factor and an MVP. Um, the X factor, uh, it's got to be one of the forwards. Uh, I'll say Megan Root. She's a sophomore, um, coming off a season I believe in which she only scored one goal, um, but she's you know looked pretty good in the early going. Uh, in terms of season prediction, uh, ACC could be a struggle for them. Uh, you know, a lot of really talented teams in the ACC. Uh, not sure if they'll be able to make the tournament, but uh, they've lo- they look good against Colgate and Siena. Obviously, lesser opposition than ACC opponents, but I think they'll be a lot more competitive than they were last year for sure. And then MVP, um, my favorite player so far has been Georgia Allen in the midfield. Uh, she plays the you know holding midfielder role. Uh, she kind of is the engine room in the midfield, if you will. Um, you know, is the person that's you know turning the, a lot of the defense into offense. Um, so I think if she plays well, the team's gonna have a good season. Now, who are you a uh, a football fan of? Since we're using the word football, I'm imagining we're an avid fan of someone. Uh, I am a Liverpool fan. Hoping for a better end of the season than last year. Um, I understand that because I closely follow European soccer. Yeah. Won the yeah. Won the well, I won the Champions League, but I would rather win a Premier League at oh, this point. Oh, yeah. Oh. Beggars can't be uh, Wow. Well, I don't know if we're quite beggars over there. Tottenham <laughs> fan chiming in. No trophies last year. All right, you have 30 seconds. Set, go. 
Uh, so I'm going to switch the conversation over to cricket, a personal passion of mine, if we will. Uh, the fourth Ashes test, uh, which is between England and Australia. Yeah, sure. that's coming up on September 4th. So tune in. It starts at 6 in the morning for us East Coasters. Uh, and it's going to be a great test. Between it's, It goes five days. Uh, it's a lot of cricket, eight hours a day of cricket. Um, so th you really can't go wrong with watching this. Uh, it pretty much fills up your you know mornings into the weekend. So check it out. Our, I'm proud of you. That came in just barely over 30. If I had hit it at the right time, it might have been a 30. Um, Follow-up cricket question quick. I heard something about like people saying that uh, is matches the right term? Would, yeah. would be three hours now? Is there some new rule in one of the leagues or something that is like limiting the amount of time? Um, that a match can be. I heard someone saying like, "Oh, cricket's more manageable to watch now," and I wasn't like sure what that was referencing. Uh, so it's been around for like a while, but they call it like T20. So it's like only 20 overs a side, which like shortens the game. It, I would have to like explain way too much to get okay. into that, but okay. like yeah, it shortens the game down to like you know three four hours. So it's a little bit more manageable for, especially for like American audiences. Yeah. Um, no, I was just interested because you know they yeah. say like baseball's dying because it takes like three and a half hours and cricket takes uh five days yeah. so i just <laughs> wasn't sure like if it's gonna well, pick I mean, up like, there. they're saying that form is dying so um i have no good transition so we're just gonna go to andrew crane who i've watched vigorously take notes this entire time so i'm very curious what new information we've added i'm not surprised at all that he's been taking notes andrew crane tell us about the field hockey team from last year so last year was a kind of a bit of a setback for the Orange. Uh, missed the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2007. Um, and also graduated Roos Weir, Weirs, who was kind of the cornerstone for them. Um, leading goal scorer, kind of anchor, um, especially in the penalty corners, which is a you know, kind of vital part of the game. Um, more or less, their season in a nutshell, just 500, 8-8 overall. 1-5 um, in the conference in ACC, which is... Um, historically the toughest field hockey conference in the, the country. Um, but they were very young, um, so they return a lot of starters from last year. Um, and they brought in a good group of freshman recruits too, um, including a top 10 recruit in Charlotte DeVries, um, who already has four goals this season in three games. She is their offense so far. What's their record through three games? They are 2-0, and and they're currently in overtime tonight against okay. Lafayette. So, what do you? What can you expect from uh, the Syracuse Field Hockey Team this year? You think maybe a prediction, the X Factor, yeah. and MVP. Um, so prediction, the ACC is always tough to perform well, and um, I know we said that for for other sports as well, but it especially applies for field hockey. Um, they're picked to finish fifth out of seven teams, um, but they're actually ranked the lowest at number eighteen. Um, so UNC's number one, Duke's number two, Virginia's number eleven. Louisville's number 12, uh, BC is number 13, uh, I forgot Wake Forest in there, they're number 10, and then Syracuse comes in at number 18, um, but only 16 teams make the tournament at the end. So it's really tough to, to win a game in the ACC, let alone win the conference, um, but I think we should see a steady improvement throughout the season. Um, like I said, DeVries has kind of been the the motor of their offense right now. Her um, reverse hits have been pretty impressive to watch, at least on the live streams. I haven't seen her in person yet. Um, and then Sarah Sink, another freshman who's gotten the starts the last two games in goal. Um, she had her first career shutout on Sunday against um, UMass Lowell and 
um, was in goal tonight again against Lafayette. So she's a she's a player to watch just because ultimately if you say, stop the ball from going in the cage, it at least gives you a chance to win on the other ends. Um, so that's a, that's a position to watch. Um, Prediction-wise, uh, I'm going slightly over 500, um, and that those a good chunk of those wins are going to come from their non-conference games. Um, they have a couple against Cornell, a couple against Colgate. I think they'll rack up you know, four wins there. And then, you know, maybe, maybe take a game from BC or, or, uh, Louisville in the ACC. Um, MVP, Charlotte, um, DeVries is kind of the front runner. So I'm going to go with that. I mean, if you have four goals through, through three games, I think that's kind of the position you're in. Um, maybe a little dark horse. I'd say Laura Graziosi is player to watch for. She, um, She's a midfield who returns as a sophomore, had pretty good-sized role in the system last year, and I think in order for DeVry to get all those goals, somebody's got to set him up, and I think Graziosi's that, that player. That rankings note is wild. Yeah. I, like, haven't – I can't get past that, I feel like. I remember that from when I, I covered the field hockey team my freshman year, and I remember they would play – like, Wake would come in, and they're ranked, like, 16th, and you're like, oh, my gosh, Wake Forest is ranked 16th. Right. And they're actually like, how many teams we say they were in the ACC? Seven. seven yeah. They're like six out of seven in the ACC. Yes. And it's just absurd. It makes no sense. Um, and then the, when you get to tournament time too, they, it's not like they're going to take all the ACC teams, even if they're like top ten. Like I don't even know. Like it they becomes took, weird. They took, they took five last year out of the seven. Out of yeah. seven, yeah. right? But like number six might have been better number than number six was Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. And they missed it by one spot. Right, exactly. and like they were probably better than like the sixteenth seed in that tournament. Yeah. Because there's the automatic qualifiers and stuff like that. That's tough. It's different than like basketball or football, where you can run into you know a lower tier ACC team and and steal a game on the road or whatnot. Not really any of those in the ACC. Right. That's where I feel hockey. A thirty second sound off for you, Andrew Crane. Check out. So I'm a passionate Bills fan, and uh, you know over the weekends they made a <laughs> big cut with you know McCoy, but I like the direction they went in there. They're putting their faith in Devin Singletary, a rookie out of FAU who I think has the potential to be, you know, in, his, in the future, a top 15 back in the league, just based on his, um, the, the kind of formation of his game. Um, I think by the end of the season, he'll be a solid starter for them. Um, it's going to be a committee to start, but I think it's a good direction for the Bills to go in. Andrew Crane on the Bills beat, reporting from Buffalo. <laughs> he likes them dumping with Sean McCoy. Okay. I think it's a good move. I think that's a take, but we are where we are. We are where we are. Anthony DeBundo, you didn't want to give a live men's soccer update because this isn't going to run until after the game's over. Tell us what the score is. So uh, the Orange have just equalized. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Raposo fired one into Massimo Farron, who scored uh, to equalize against Binghamton. So it's 1-1 in the first half. Uh, the what Orange, minute are we in? Uh, we are now in the... This is just great. Great podcasting here. Oh, all right. So we are in the end minute. We should be closing in on halftime now. It's 7.45. So just about halftime, and the Orange are tied with Binghamton. Probably not what Coach McIntyre is looking forward or looking looking to hope for in in a game against a lower-ranked Binghamton team. Give me a rundown on Syracuse men's soccer from last year. So they they had a couple big moments. They had the 7-0 win over St. Bonaventure. They had the win and upset over number one Wake Forest. But then they kind of limped into the finish. They they didn't win any of their last five games. They lost in the first round of the AC tournament. They got a bye in the NCAA tournament and then lost a game to Akron in, in the second round. So 
kind of a disappointing finish to the season for the Orange, and they're going to have to replace their their top goal scorer from last season. Tejon Buchanan was drafted. He now plays for the New England Revolution in the MLS. He's gone, but the rest of their offense is back. So they have goal scoring potential and, and opportunities. The question is, will that come to fruition? Do you think it will? Well, Ryan Raposo just got his first assist, or had his first assist <laughs> of the season. He scored his first goal of the season on Friday in a 3-1 loss at number 13 Georgetown. He scored uh, four goals and had seven assists last year, and then Massimo Farron had five goals and two assists. Those are the two big names that are going to have to produce uh, up front. And then defensively, replacing Kamal Miller, tough, but Sandre Norheim did score five goals off corners last year. So they have the potential to get some potential goal-scoring opportunities from the back end, too, on set pieces. Um, the biggest question mark for Syracuse, who's going to be the goalie? Um, so far, Christian... Uh, Hendrick Hilpert graduated last year. Hendrick Hilpert yeah. graduated. So they had Alex Bono, then they had Hendrick Hilpert. So they've never had a question mark at goalie. Now, Christian Miash, who's a transfer from Stony Brook, he started the first game. Jake Leahy in net tonight. And I've heard that McIntyre has a plan to keep swapping them for the first couple games. So going the next couple games, too. So... Not really sure who the starting goalie is going to be the rest of the season. I think McIntyre doesn't know either. So there's still a debate going there, and that's kind of the biggest question mark for them. So they're 0-1 right now? 0-1. Okay. And you said they played who in the first game? Ranked team? At not number 13, Georgetown. Syracuse is not ranked, right? Syracuse is not ranked. Okay. See, I feel like that's a tough way... That's a tough way to base goalies. Right. Just very different opponents. Well, they had three scrimmages, and in all three, one played one half, the other one played the other half. So they... McIntyre has been very uh, tongue in cheek about who he's gonna who he's gonna go to. He would not tell us on Wednesday. He then started Miesh on Friday and then Leahy uh, on Sunday or Monday, excuse me, the time of the recording. Um, so, who knows? Wow! Follow Anthony DeBundo on Twitter for when he breaks the news of who the starting goalie is. Yeah. I think it's happening soon. When are media ops Wednesdays? Wait, media ops are on Wednesday. One Wednesday this September, Anthony DeBundo may have the news. And we will be anxiously awaiting. For now, tell me who the MVP of this team is. Tell me who the X Factor is. Tell me where Syracuse soccer ends the 2019 season. Yeah, so the MVP, I'm going to go with Ryan Raposo, sophomore from Canada. Uh, their leading point getter from last season is back and already has three points. So he's off to a good start. Um, and then the X Factor, whoever they put in the goal. I mean, that's going to be the question mark. I mean, whoever the goalie is is going to have a huge impact on the season. And... I can't imagine McIntyre going goalie by committee the, the entire campaign. So whoever that is needs to step up and produce, and uh, that'll be the the difference between you know another tournament run or another early exit. What do you think it is, tournament run or early exit? I mean, I'm I'm gonna say that because they have most of their goal scoring back, that they get to a similar spot from last season where they're one of the better teams in the ACC, but they're not the cream of the crop. And then they, they maybe win a tournament game or two, but I can't see them making it to the to the college cup. And now you're a uh, you're also a pretty big soccer fan. In general, in soccer, is like having a rotating goalie somewhere and having like a rotating quarterback. Like it's something that people just don't view as sustainable. Yeah, it's it's not. I mean, usually their goalie is the anchor of the defense. He's the one that's setting people up on set pieces, setting up the wall, everything like that. He he, it's important. They have to too have much your... command over the defense, yes. actually, right? Yes. And the strategy. Yes. Sure. Um, one last 30 second sound off three, two, one. We've covered just about every sport internationally here. <laughs> I'm going to continue that. I, I had a wonderful weekend at the U S open, um, Saturday night. I was able to watch Daniel Medvedev. Who's the number five player in the world. Um, <laughs> Thursday night, he made headlines when he 
famously kind of riled up the crowd and and flipped off one of the people in the crowd. Well, he did the same thing Sunday. Like he was he was really loving that they were rooting against him. I am going to say shame on tennis fans for going against a guy just for showing some emotion on the tennis court. New York tennis fans need to just relax and let him play tennis and, and not get on a guy for showing some emotion. He's a next-gen guy. The most talkative kid in the sports uh, office gives me the longest 30-second sound off at 38 seconds. Of course, I didn't see that, but that's amazing that that guy flipped off the crowd. Yeah, I recommend so, – so he was walking towards his chair when he kind of – put his middle finger up against his head so that the guy in the crowd would see it. And then they showed it on the Jumbotron at the, on, at the stadium. So the crowd starts booing him. And then after the match, he gives a speech and he says, I would not have won if it weren't for you guys rooting against me. Thank you so much for rooting against me. And then he did the same thing Sunday when they were turning on him again in the fourth set. So fascinating character. And I'll tell you what, he's playing on the main court tomorrow. It's going to be electric. Haters are motivators. That is what we learned this week on the DO Sportscast. That's a wrap for this week.